What's happening, hardscapers? This is episode 61 of the How to Hardscape podcast, where we talk to you about how you can start and grow your hardscaping business. And today we're joined by Larry Steveson of ProLine Radiant Heat Solutions. They make radiant heat products to melt snow on hardscape surfaces, among many others. And Larry stops in to talk about installation, things to look out for, and selling this solution to your customers. So without further ado, here's our interview with Larry. Today, I'm joined by Larry Steveson. He is the Regional Account Manager for ProLine Radiant Heat Solutions, and he is here today to talk with us about just that, Radiant Heat Solutions for the hardscape industry. Larry, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks, Mike. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, It's a really great opportunity to be able to tell people about our products, especially hardscape contractors, because this is really another value stream for them, something that they're probably not used to doing but it's something that's a value add for them. Exactly. And that's why we wanted you to come on the show to explain this more to us and how we can sell sell this to our clients. Because if we can add more services, if we can add more things that we can install, it's just going to improve our bottom line. So definitely something that we want to talk about on this podcast and something that our, our audience has actually been reaching out to us to get somebody on the show to talk about this. So this is great. But Larry, let's get started here to learn a little bit more about yourself and ProLine. Can you talk about your background into the industry, how you got started with ProLine, and maybe a little bit of background about ProLine? Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. I've been in the construction industry all of my life in some phase of construction. We were up in the Seattle area, and then uh, about six years ago, we relocated uh, to Utah where ProLine is based. Uh, They're a manufacturer here. And the owners of the company, you know, they were doing a lot of work locally, but they wanted to do uh, work nationwide and also in Canada. And so uh, they started working with uh, a lot of the landscape dealers and uh, hardscape contractors uh, throughout these areas. They not only manufacture snow melt material to melt snow on uh, walkways and driveways, but they actually carry a lot of radiant heat materials. So besides that, they also, we also do heat tape, uh, heat cable for gutters and downspouts. We do interior heat to keep your feet warm and so forth on the inside of houses. And then of course, what we really wanna talk about today is the snow melt that uh, prevents snow accumulation on driveways and walkways and patios. Larry, what is radiant heating? How, how, does this, how do these products work in terms of you know, providing that surface to be able to melt snow? You know, that's a great question. And so in the past, most of the time when you say radiant heat, you automatically think of a glycol system that has all the PEX tubing and everything that has boilers and manifolds and pumps. And traditionally, that's been the way to heat up any surfaces. But over the years, electric heat has become much, much more efficient. And because of that, it's affordable, but it's also very easy to install. It doesn't take... Uh, a lot of uh, scientific knowledge to be able to install it, but there are some really, really important do's and don'ts that you'd have to know. And so what we're trying to do is help educate people on electric radiant heat. And some of the differences between that and what makes it so efficient as opposed to radiant heat that uh, is normally used. So with, uh, you know, with that, because we're manufacturers, you know, most of these snowmelt projects that you would have are, based uh, so that uh, customers will know about the proper parts and pieces and breaker sizes and everything that they need to do a project. And so we as manufacturers are kind of old school. We have a whole design team 
they're a design tech team. And all they do all day is they, they do designs, they do CAD layouts, they prepare quotes, they train and offer tech support. And so when it comes to electric radiant heat, it makes it very, very easy then to put these projects together. And so because electric heat is more efficient, uh, it's really, really an excellent way to protect uh, investors or investment for pavers. Uh, you know, if you're going to put uh, spend the money on pavers, you don't want to throw uh, salt or other harsh chemicals on that product. You really want a way to melt the snow and not only melt it, but dry it out. And so with electric radiant heat, you can do that. And it's usually much more efficient than plowing. In fact, it will dry it out where plowing won't. And it's also eco-friendly. You don't have to worry about uh, any leaks or any chemicals or things uh, leaking into the environment. You don't have to worry about uh, using salt or magnesium or other harsh chemicals on the area to melt the snow. Now with electric heat, as opposed to other types of heat, it's really, really designed to be embedded and melt the top two to three inches of uh, pavers or concrete or asphalt. So insulation is really optional. You don't necessarily have to heat the entire slab. So traditionally, if you're going to heat concrete, you know, the radiant heat goes clear down at the bottom of the slab and you put insulation under it and you heat the slab. And so you have to turn it on, you know, early, preheat the slab and so forth. And uh, that way it melts the snow and then, then it will turn off eventually. But with electric heat, because you're only milling the top two to three inches, it's very, very efficient. Our systems are, are calculated uh, so that they'll prevent snow accumulation. And uh, the reason we can do that is because we have automatically activated sensors and we have several different types. But basically, when it hits 39 degrees Fahrenheit or about 5 degrees Celsius and snow starts to form and the sensor senses moisture, it turns on, preheats, melts the snow as it comes down and then turns off when it senses no more moisture, but it goes into afterrun mode. So it continues to work and dry, dry out the moisture so that you don't have to worry about black ice. And the neat thing about this product is that you get a lot of uh, ice storms up there. And so traditionally, you don't send anybody out to plow when there's ice storms, but you don't have really any way to melt the snow unless you're using chemicals. And so electric heat really, really works well for that. And the thing that we really like about electric radiant heat is it's very, very efficient. So in other words, it doesn't really matter how big the project is. It is as hot at the source up by the power panel as it is 100 feet away out on the end. And so you don't get any striping either. So when you decide to heat an area, you'll heat the whole area. And it will look, you know, exactly like you want it to. And when you get done, it's dry. And you could have, you know, six or eight or two feet of snow on the sides. Getting into this system, you know, what are the different parts? I heard you talk about, you know, sensors and, and the different uh, pieces that are, are put into this installation. What are the, the specific different parts? If we were to say do a heated patio or a heated driveway, what are the different parts that we are installing? You've only got three or four basic parts, Mike. Uh, the most important part is the heat mat or cable. And these heat mats come, they're about 22 inches wide and they roll out like a sleeping bag. But the cable that's used to melt the snow is actually only about a quarter of an inch in diameter. It's about the size of a pencil. And so if you get a mat that's 22 inches wide, it's 
spaced apart with some spacing tape. And so if you can imagine a sleeping bag rolling out with, that's just a cable, but it may be four inches apart. The cable itself is four inches apart and uh, it has a spacing tape on it to make sure that it's spaced four inches apart. And, uh, or you can get it spaced three inches apart if you want a little bit hotter system. That, uh, that mat is also available uh, in cable on a spool. You can actually just use the cable that's wound up on a spool. It's the same cable, but it's a lot easier to use for harder to uh, fit areas like S-curves or steps, you know, and so forth. And so we have those two options available, heat cable and heat mats. They're all installed about the same way, but it depends on the type of medium that you're using. So let's just take a hardscape contractor that's doing a concrete paver project. And so we would want to know how thick the pavers are and what the bedding layer is going to be. These cables are designed to go right in that one inch bedding layer under the paver. And so it will fit within that ICPI spec one inch bedding layer. And so whether you're using sand or in your area where you're using HPB, you can use either. The sand pulls off the heat a little bit better. And because of that, in most cases around your area, we can use a 37 watt system. And that basically means that the cable is spaced four inches apart. If you're gonna use HPB or you're gonna use something other than a standard paver like a cobblestone or something like that, we would want to use a 50 watt system, which means that the heat cable is spaced three inches apart. It's the same cable, it's just spaced closer together. So it draws a little bit more power, it costs a little more money, but it heats very, very well. And because of the insulation on the cables, we can actually do projects that, uh, if you have projects that are permeable pavers, we can use that as well, as long as that base bedding layer under the, under the pavers has to be a quarter of an inch cleaned stone. So in other words, we call it here, we call it ASTM number nine. I think your HPB is a quarter inch or an eighth inch cleaned, and that works fine. If it's too coarse or too large, it doesn't compact enough around the cable to pull the heat off of it. So if you can imagine, in most projects, after you've got your base down and it's all compacted and you're getting ready to do your pavers, that's the time to do the heat cable. You wanna put a half inch of sand down, the heat cable on top of the sand, another half inch on top so that that cable is totally embedded. You can screed it then, you can put your paver down, compact it, and then do your sweep. The most important thing is that that cable is spaced correctly, that it's totally embedded, and then your paver goes on top. We don't want any air to get to that cable at all. The air part is like our Achilles heel, is kryptonite. Any air that gets to the, to the cable, it will burn out at that point. Interesting. So with that install, if you're doing poured concrete, uh, so you're still kind of sandwiching it between, like, can we still install it on if we're doing poured concrete? Yeah, you can. And that's a great question. And so this, this heat mat or heat cable works very, very well with pavers or in concrete or asphalt or natural stone. Or like we were talking about a little earlier, uh, we can use it with gator base too. And so let me explain uh, the little differences in the installation process. Because I know on some of those projects, you mix and match. You might be doing an asphalt driveway with a paver patio or, or something to that effect. And so 
if you're doing it in concrete, we want to be about two inches below the surface of the concrete. We don't need to heat the whole slab like I mentioned before. We just want to heat the top two or three inches, melt the snow, dry out the driveway, and then turn it off so that's efficient. You don't have to run it a long time. Most snowstorms are only about four or five hours. And so you don't really need to run it longer than that. That's why it's efficient. That's why it's affordable. So if you're doing concrete, usually the easiest way to install uh, the heat mat on that is typically when you're pouring concrete, you'll use like a rebar or a four by four remesh, wire remesh that you just lay flat on the ground. The heat mat then can, can then be rolled out and just zip tied to that remesh to ensure that the spacing is proper. But you're still at the bottom of the slab. And so we have something called mesh ups, uh, concrete. The contract, contractors have adobes or chairs. You've probably seen them. Our mesh ups are hard plastic, kind of look like little igloos, we call them. They're about two inches high. You can get them in different sizes. But after you've zip tied that heat mat to the remesh, then you put in the little chair, the little mesh up underneath and zip tie the remesh to that so that the cable is sitting up two inches so it's about right in the middle of the pour of the concrete. That way, when it turns on, it takes less time to melt the snow and it doesn't have to be on near as long. And because of that, because we're just heating up the top two or three inches, you really don't have to have insulation underneath. But if you do, it just acts the way it's supposed to. It will turn the heat up or it will retain heat. So our products work very well with insulation, but we don't necessarily promote that you need it. So that would be a concrete install. The other, the thing about concrete though, is that we have to be careful of, is that most concrete, depending on the size of the project, uh, may have some true expansion joints, we call them. In other words, where they're gonna have separate pour, and you've seen them where the sidewalk meets the driveway, there's probably a piece of oil felt there. And so we wouldn't want to cross through that expansion joint with the heat cable for two reasons. One, the oil felt will let air in and where that air comes in, it could burn out the cable. And two, if the concrete shifts at that joint, it could snap the cable. And so we would run uh, heat mats or cable on one side of the joint and heat caps and heat mats and cables on the other side of the joint. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. If you're doing control joints, and we know that a lot of projects are big enough that they use that, as long as they'll tool those in or if they saw cut them, as long as they hold them about three quarters or an inch, they don't go down far enough to really damage the cable. And we do not want to damage the cable. You never, ever want to cut the cable. It's like the element in your toaster. If you cut it, it doesn't work. And so the next question is, well, what if I cut it by mistake? What if I damage it with a shovel? What if something goes wrong? Do I have to tear up that whole mat? And the answer is no. We just find where the damage has been uh, on the cable and we have splice kits. So if it's a, a paper job, you just pull out the paper, splice it, put the paper back. If it's concrete, uh, you have to locate it and chip out the concrete, do the splice kit, patch the concrete, a little tougher there. That also works very well with asphalt. It's a little bit different application and we have uh, heat mats that will uh, work very, very well with an asphalt uh, application because usually when asphalt comes out of the plant, it comes out about 325 or 350 degrees Fahrenheit. And so that could melt the insulation on a standard cable. We have some uh, 
heat mats and cables that are just made specifically for asphalt applications. They'll handle up to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. And so you can use those. They cost a little more, but we sell thousands and thousands of feet of those every year. And so the application there is a little bit different. With asphalt, you need your uh, base lift down, a one inch binder coat, say, or, or inch and a half. And then the next lift is the one that's uh, really, really important because the heat mat goes down on top of that base lift of asphalt and it's secured in position there to make sure the spacing is correct. And then that next layer of asphalt, that next lift is usually about an inch thick, but has to go on by hand. You cannot drive a three axle dump truck over it or one of your boxes on top of that because you could damage the cable. So that part goes on by hand, either wheelbarrows or uh, something to that effect. And then uh, you can rake it out and you can tamp it or use a plate compactor or you could use a thousand pound roller on that lift with the heat cable to make sure that the cable's not damaged. Once that layer hardens, then you can just do whatever you normally do. You can use your box, you can use your paver, you can run your truck over it, uh, put an inch and a half to two inches on top of it, and then uh, you should be good to go from that point. And you can, of course, you can roll it. So that's basically how you do, you know, the different mediums for install. Maybe we just, right, here's a good place to cover if you're going to use Gator Base, you know, and that's a great product. And uh, when we first found out about that uh, several years ago, I contacted uh, the tech team at Gator Base to see if our product would work with it. And uh, one of the things that came up is we don't want our product sitting directly on insulation because it gets too hot and will burn out. But with the gator base, normally that goes on top of the sand, or on top of the, on top of the sand, actually, you know, on the base, then on the sand, then the gator base, and then the paver. But if you were, say, going to use natural stone because it's uneven, if you're using gator base, you're still going to use a sand bedding layer or HPB for that natural stone. And so we determined that it works very, very well after working with the tech team. If you put down your gator base, and then a bedding layer of either sand or HPB. And it, within that bedding layer, just like before, you put the heat cable and then the paver goes on top. And so it works very, very well with Gator Base. Gator Base then acts as an insulator and uh, it's a very, very efficient system. And so we recommend that. But of course, uh, at this point, I think there is just for patios and walkways. Uh, I don't think they're using gator base on the driveway shop. With, say, you talked a bit about there about the uh, cable being pierced or being broken. What if we don't know where that may have occurred? Is there anything that we can do to be able to detect where a loss in power might be and, and where we can possibly patch that line? Uh, is there anything that we can do with that? Yeah, there is. And uh, sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's not as easy. And so one of the things that we recommend when we do our training is that that cable, each cable or mat be tested three or four times. In other words, when it comes out of the box, you do an ohms test on it to make sure the resistance is correct. And there's a tag on each cable that tells what that resistance reading is. And you would test it when it comes out of the box. You would test it when you lay it out to make sure there's been no damage. You would test it after you cover it up to make sure you didn't hit it with a shovel or a wheelbarrow or drop a paver directly on it and kink it or something. And then you would test it when the electrician connects it. Fill out the warranty card, send it in. Manufacturer warranty on the heat cables themselves is 10 years. 
they're built to last much, much longer than that. Say you have a damaged area, say that the cable quits working or it burns out at a spot or something like that. Usually you can turn that, that on and you can find it by using a thermal imaging camera because the rest of the system will be warm, but where that's damaged, it won't be as warm and you can see uh, the area through the, through the camera. And if that's the case, then it's easy to, to find that portion and pull it out and just to patch it, do a splice kit and fix it. If the cable has been totally severed, maybe somebody has come in you know, and done something else and they've severed that cable so that there's no way, it just doesn't work. It doesn't show up as not working as well. It just doesn't work at all. So there's no, there's no uh, trace. You know, you can't see any heat on it. In that case, uh, there are, there's machinery that we have. We have one called a pro 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 tracer that actually uh, sends high voltage of electricity back up that cable once you connect it, and will create a soft weld where that break is in the copper so that you can then put a thermal imaging camera on it and find out where the break is and then patch it from that point. Gotcha. So yeah, it's really good to know that, you know, with needing to be able to test it multiple times while you're installing it, that contractors should be kind of thinking about that beforehand so that they can price that into that job, that extra time. Uh, and you, uh, this does require a, an electrician to come out to install it. So there is a subcontractor contractor involved with that, correct? Yeah, there is. And uh, we want to make sure that that's, that's really clear up front because some, some municipalities require that you pull an electrical permit for this. And the other part about this is that because it's electric, it uses power and it will draw quite a bit of power uh, depending on how large the project is. In fact, some projects will require that you upgrade your electrical service in order to melt the whole area that you want to melt. And so sometimes people will have to bring in another 200 amp panel. They may have to be a little larger than that. They might want to make their project a little smaller rather than heating the whole driveway. They would do tire tracks up to an apron in front of the garage so that they would use less power and the cost would be less. But that's why we have a tech team to help figure all that out with the amp loads, uh, number of breakers, breaker sizes that they would need. And we really, really like to work with electricians. So the sooner we can get them involved, the better, so that they, we know exactly what the customer has for power or what they might have to bring in to make sure that that system works efficiently for them. Understood. So if, I'm, if I've got a customer going ahead with a heated driveway, what's my first course of action? Do I, contract, or do I contact my electrician or should I contact you guys to be able to say, hey, this is what I need and talk to your design team. Like what's the course of action that I should follow? I think, I think the best thing to do is contact us so that we can get an idea of what the project scope is, whether it's 300 feet or whether it's 3,000 feet, what you're gonna use for your, um, for your medium there, whether you're gonna use pavers, standard pavers, you know, cobblestone, natural stone, are you gonna do concrete, or are you gonna do asphalt, or are you gonna do a mixture of all? You know, or what are you going to do there? So we can see how big it is. We can tell you pretty much over the phone. If you tell me you've got a thousand square feet there and you want to do a 37 watt system, if we determine that that's what you need, that's going to pull about 135 amps at 240 volt. 
And so if you have a 200 amp panel going into the house and it's already full and you've got 10 power strips, you're going to need to upgrade your service. And so that's when we want to get a hold of the electrician to find out what it would take to upgrade the service. What's it going to cost to bring in an extra panel? Is it overhead or is it underground? On the other hand, if it's a smaller project, a lot of times customers have um, air conditioners that will pull 40 or 50 amps that they're not using in the wintertime, and you can swap those out and run a walkway or a patio without really having to do much. So there's, you know, there's opportunities both ways. And so if I were a hardscape contractor and I were sitting in front of a client and they had a project and you're looking at a, a patio and a walkway, if I wanted to sell this product, I would simply say, have you ever thought about heating that up? Have you ever thought about melting the snow so you don't slip and slide? And you're going to, you're going to make an investment here with these pavers and you want to protect that investment. Let me get you a price to uh, heat up your walkway so you don't have to worry about uh, shoveling the snow. Because in most cases, it's going to be less expensive than plowing and it will have a better result. And then the turnaround time, say, say I've got all that, it's sent to you guys. What's the turnaround time in terms of design and then getting the product? We try to turn most of those quotes around within 24 to 48 hours. You know, you might have already given a, ball, a ballpark figure, though, you know, and they go, okay, yeah, 6,000. Yeah, I want, yeah that, that's in my budget. Let's proceed. And then we'll do a formal quote. And so from that point on, you know, if you decide to do it, uh, honestly, the CAD layout takes a day or two unless we're just really swamped. Uh, shipping, we can usually fulfill the shipping once we get a PO, same day or next day, and then it ships out, and then it just depends on how long it takes to clear customs. Yeah, and with with all this being said, is there a typical cost that you might see in terms of installation of one of these so that we can have a, a better idea of what we're kind of dealing with here? Yeah, there is. And maybe just to back up a second, you said what parts are involved. We just talked about the cable. And I did mention the sensors that we use, and we have several different kinds, uh, but they all uh, work on pretty much the same principle. They activate on temperature and moisture, like I mentioned before. So when you're ordering a system from us, uh, we would send a bill of materials, a data sheet that uh, points out all the pieces that we would be using on that particular system. And uh, you would know which sensors you were going to use and uh, how they activate. And so if you get a package, you're going to get the heat mats or the cable that comes with it, sensor, a controller that uh, controls the sensor. And then in most cases, you might need a contact or relay panel to uh, activate this system. It doesn't ever run right normal into your power panel. You want a relay panel or two, depending on the size of the system. Uh, to activate that system to pull the power. And uh, ours are balanced and they're, they're made especially for snowmelt systems uh, so that you pull the power equally uh, across the system. And you don't have to worry about, you know, if you use the right size breakers, you don't have to worry about blowing breakers unless something's gone wrong. And so here's a ballpark. Here's a, here's a rule of thumb, I guess, ballpark figure for price. And I'll give you a USD price and you can use your, you know, your exchange, whether it's 1.3 or 1.35, whatever it might be. But a, a typical system will run about $10 to $11 a square foot, and that's retail for the material, okay? And uh, once you get it from your distributor, you're going to get your contractor discount, and most of them are really, really good about that. And so we have several distributors uh, up in uh, 
the Ontario and the Quebec area, and of course in the northern northeastern United States. Uh, but ten to ten to eleven dollars a square foot would be your uh, retail price for material. You're going to want it as a contractor. You're probably going to want about three or four dollars a square foot to install that, because it is an extra step when you think about it. Uh, a couple of extra steps that, that you're not used to. You'll want to utilize our AutoCAD layouts, and we, you know, once you purchase the the product, we do that for free, and it's a great guideline. You know, you'll just want to do that because nobody wants to go out on a project and try to figure out how it works. And so once we have the project scope, we can put that together for you. Then you're going to have to have your electrical hookup. So that's where you need to get your electrician involved because he's going to be connecting the cables uh, into a junction box and then to the contactor relay panels and then onto the power panel. He will also be connecting the sensor along with that. And of course, if they need to bring in extra power, then uh, he would be doing that as well. So we would work very closely with the electrician. And we spend quite a bit on the uh, time on the phone with them so that they will understand exactly what the scope is on the project. But we try to remove all the questions. We try to make it as easy as possible. And from, you know, like I said before, we're pretty much old school. Most of the time, hardscape contractors aren't doing this because they just, you know, if they say, hey, I'd like to heat this up. I need some radiant heat. They just shrug their shoulders and go, well, don't talk to me or call the plumber or something like that. But this is a product that they can use. They can install up to, you know, the cold leads that go to the cable and then an electrician takes it from there. And so it becomes a very, very reasonable uh, install and another value stream for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I definitely see, you know, how this can maybe scare some contractors away from being able to offer it because it, it, there is a lot of moving parts in this and a lot of uh, things that need to be considered. But if you just align yourself with the right electrician, uh, it can really take a load off of you and improve your bottom line. If you, you know, align yourself with the right electrician that can kind of take the load off your plate, I can definitely see that being an extreme positive and to be able to offer your customer more value in the process of installing these. Yeah. And it works really, really well when everybody's on the same team. I mean, it is just so excellent. And so uh, like you were mentioning before, well, what do I do? Well, the easiest thing for you to do is send us a sketch of your project scope. And once you do that, we can see what size it is. And once we know what you're going to use, whether it's going to be pavers, whether it's going to be in sand or HPB, we can design a system that will work for that and get information back for you and your electrician to uh, finish the quote off. So that you'll know if your customer is interested or not. And if they want to downsize it, we can downsize it from there. But we try to take all the guesswork out of it so that you don't have to worry about being out there and not knowing what to do. We also have a free training program. And so all they would do is, is uh, call us and get on the schedule for training. It's kind of like this. It's like Zoom or GoToMeeting. It's interactive. Uh, you get to ask questions. If you're doing a project and you receive the CAD layout, we'll walk through the CAD layout with you so you know exactly what to do. If you get out on the project and you have a question, you can call our tech team. Your electrician can call our tech team. Uh, we're available and we've got guys in our office and that's all they do all day long is uh, help people out, make sure these systems go in efficiently so that they'll work correctly. Now, we, we talked for just a second there, Mike, about what it was going to cost to put it in. But a big question for customers is what's the operational cost? Yes. 
And that's really the good part about this because it's most efficient and it depends on where you are. You know, if you're over in Montreal, I mean, the hydro over there is so cheap, you know, that it's, it's almost next to nothing. Uh, when you get to some areas in Ontario there, it's a little bit more expensive, but the average cost is usually around uh, 16 to 18 cents uh, per kilowatt hour. And so if you're going to base the operational cost on that, and if you're going to take a thousand square feet, that's a good round number, uh, it would cost about six to seven dollars an hour to melt the snow on a thousand square feet. And most snow events are four to five hours. And so, you know, six times four, you know, or seven times four, you're talking probably 30, 40, maximum $50 per snow. That's an average per snow event to melt the snow and dry it out. That's a really good, good option, I think, for most people and one that they could afford. If they have 10 snow events, then take it times 10. If they have 20, take it times 20. If you only have five <laughs> on a light winter, then it doesn't cost much at all. Absolutely. And especially for the customer, I mean, not only is it saving them having to have a snowblower or what, what not, or paying somebody to plow it, it also saves them time to not have to go out there. So there's definitely a huge value add for the customer. What about, so we talked about if something breaks or it's uh, a cable's nicked or in, and being able to replace that. What about maintenance on this? Is there any maintenance that we need to discuss with the customer? Yeah, that's a really, really great question. So unlike uh, some of the other radiant systems out there that have to, they, they have to be serviced every year by a professional, the only thing you really need to do with these systems once they're set up is clean off the sensor. And so there's a moisture sensor that you just wipe off with a little soap and water, and you can do that once or twice or three times a year, just depending, to make sure the sensor is working properly so that the system is activated. I mean, you can do other things. I mean, there, there are controls where you can put it on manual, you can put it on standby, you can put it on reset, you can do a lot of different things. But basically, we like to say set it and forget it because there's really not that much that you have to do. These systems are also, uh, you can activate them through Wi-Fi. So you can get an app for your phone. If you're away, maybe, maybe this is a cabin in the mountains or something, you don't, you're away a lot and you don't want to use it while you're gone. You know, or maybe you're going to be gone on vacation for three weeks and you don't care if it snows on your driveway. Or maybe you want to activate it during a different time. But the good thing about these, these sensors is that they are automatically activated. So if it starts to snow at 2 o'clock in the morning, you don't have to get up to turn it on. It'll turn itself on and that snow will be melted. So when you get up and get ready to go to work, you just drive out your driveway. How should contractors sell this to customers? Well, the easiest way to do it, I think I mentioned it, and that's just to ask them if they'd like to heat up that area that they're doing the new pavers on or concrete and just tell them that they're, they can do that. You know, we can do electric radiant heat and it's very, very efficient. And if the customer is interested, then you can just tell them, well, you know, you're going to know that the ballpark retail is going to be, you know, 10 or 11 or if it's a 50 watt system, it's probably going to be 12 or $13 a square foot plus whatever your exchange is. So, you know, by the time all said and done, you might be up around $15. But that's what you would start with, I think, would give them a ballpark area and kind of, you can kind of weed people out, I think. And if they're interested, then you, then you get your correct measurements and then we can go from there. It'd be pretty easy to do that. And if they have questions or if they need anything, if it's not on the website, I mean, I've got some PDFs I can send 
that, and I'll send you one when we get done here that kind of shows an overview of what a system looks like, but it's, it's just one page. It's eight by 11. It's color. It's a great cell sheet. It shows the CAD layout. It shows uh, the sand going down, the cable going on, the pavers going on top of it. I mean, it's just, it just looks really nice. It's very attractive and people can be very interested. You know, once you do a project or two, you're going to have your own portfolio. You don't need to, you, you won't need to dwell on our website. You know, you'll have your own little clipboard, flip sheet there, you know, where I did this one, I did that one. Oh, yeah, I did the one across the street. That's why you called me. You know, those that have it, love it. Those that don't wish they did. Yeah, I assume with this interview, with all the things that we talked about, that's enough selling tools for a contractor that, you know, a lot of sales has to do with knowledge of the product and being able exactly. to present it to a customer. Uh, and this interview covers that as well as it's such a niche project or product yeah. that a customer most likely knows if they want it or not. Yep. Yep. They do. And it's like most anything else, you know, it, it, if you want a Tesla pickup, you're going to sign up for a Tesla pickup and you'll find a way to get it. You'll find a way to afford it. And so if you want to do this and you want it bad enough, you'll figure out how to do it. It's as simple as that. Yeah, just going through your guys' website, seeing the resources that you have there, seeing the different projects of these going in is uh, really incredible. Uh, Larry, is there anything that you'd want to discuss before we come to a close with this interview? Anything that we haven't covered yet that you think would be of good value to our audience? Uh, anything in terms of that? I would just say that I, I've been working with this product myself for six years. Uh, I can count on one hand the number of, of defaulted cables we've ever had from the manufacturer. Um, this, these systems are just very, very efficient. And when installed correctly, they work very well. Customers are very, very pleased with the product. And so it's something that uh, you can use, you can utilize, and uh, it's really a value and very helpful, uh, particularly, I think, for the older generation that uh, they don't do much snow shoveling anymore. And it's real easy for them to slip on, on, on pavement. And so these projects, you know, that you might be doing, they might be residential. That's a lot of them. But our systems are also available for commercial projects like walkways, uh, handicap ramps, and so forth. Uh, we do a lot of walkways at credit unions and so forth and concrete. And so there's just a, a wide variety of things that can be done. And the mats are available in different, uh, in different wattages or voltages, I'm sorry. So like 240 is the default volt, but we can do 208, 277, 480, 600. Uh, we can do a lot of different things with this product. Larry, thank you so much for your time and being able to explain this to our audience and provide another you know, service, another product that we can install to, to improve our bottom line and to provide our customers with more value. Thank you so much, Larry. Uh, let our audience know where they can find out more about ProLine, where they can find out more about these systems and in, in their installation. Okay, thanks, Mike. Well, you're on our website. It's www.prolineradiant.com or you can call on our sales line, 866-676-9276. And uh, you can either talk to myself or one of the representatives there and uh, we can help you out with your project. Make sure you can uh, get it done correctly. And Larry, we can find the, we can get our hands on ProLine throughout North America at this point? 
Yeah, we can. Uh, here's the thing, you know, a lot of people don't stock our products because almost all of these uh, projects are, are just, you know, each one is different. They're all project based. And so it's usually easier to design it and then send the product out. However, we do have some distributors uh, in Canada and in some other areas that stock some of the product. So it's easier to get. It comes, uh, it's a little bit quicker to ship, I might say, and a little bit less expensive to do it that way. And so if you just contact us with your project, we can point you to the distributor after we do the design and so forth. Absolutely. And I, I love you. You brought up uh, the free installation training. I love that concept. And just seeing it at the top of your website, installation training, sign up. Can you talk a little bit about this one last time for our audience? What is this free installation training? What is it going to cover? Uh, and you know, how can we interact with the person at the other end? I'm glad you asked, Mike. So basically, they'd call me to schedule the training. And uh, I just go and see uh, who's, who's available, you know, out of our tech guys, who's available to do the training and just schedule a time for them. It takes about 30 minutes. And uh, like I say, it's like a go to meeting. I mean, it's an interactive webinar. Uh, we'll show you slides and PowerPoint presentation. We'll talk to you and explain in detail how to install. We'll answer any of the questions that you have. When we're finished, we'll, we'll send you a train certificate. You can post it on your website and offer heated driveways. Pretty simple. Well, it's really educational because, you know, there are some do's and don'ts. And if you do it right, it's perfect. If you don't do it right, it's, it just doesn't work well. And so we really want to emphasize the easy way to install this. Absolutely. Larry, thank you so much for your time. You bet, Mike. Thanks a bunch. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. Visit us at howtohardscape.com for more information on the subject. Let us know what you want to learn about in future episodes by reaching out to us on our social channels at How to Hardscape on Facebook and Instagram and contact at howtohardscape.com on our email. We'd love it if you subscribe to this podcast, left us a rating and review. Again, this really helps us get this out there and into more people's ears that want to hear it and attract some great guests on the show in the meantime. We look forward to meeting with you next week on the How to Hardscape podcast.